It's time for an update on the James Webb Telescope. We've talked about that before. You know, it's the one that was uh, launched on Christmas Day, somewhere around there, Christmas Eve, Christmas Day. Uh, and a million things had to go just right to make this thing work. So, uh, so far, so good, I think. We'll get an update on where it is, what it's doing, and uh, we'll chat with somebody who is eagerly awaiting it, uh, well, getting started, because it could really affect uh, the work that he does. We're going to chat with Louis-Philippe Colombe, who is a PhD student at the University of Montreal. Uh, Louis-Philippe, thank you for your time today. I appreciate you joining us. Hi, Shay. Thanks for having me on. So, first of all, let's give me an update on the James Webb Telescope. How's it doing? Is it is it still going? Everything's working as expected to this point? Yeah, so right now it's on its way to uh, its final place in orbit around the sun Yeah, at uh, L2, which is kind of a stable position where it will be able to stay uh, throughout its, life, its lifetime. And uh, right now, so yeah, Everything is fully deployed. Yeah, okay, that's what I was wondering. The solar array and everything is working as it should? Yeah, everything's deployed, and now uh, the telescope is ongoing uh, what we call calibration tests. So just to make sure that everything's working perfectly. Excellent. Okay, so as good as we could hope. Um, What's the timeline as to when we may start seeing um, data coming back from the telescope? Right, so this should be in about six months if everything's working fine. Now, your field uh, of interest here is exoplanets, correct? That's sort of your focus? Yes, exactly. Now, before we get too far down this road, you're going to have to explain what exoplanets are. Uh, Just give us a definition of an exoplanet. Right, so I think that's a good place to start. Well, first, uh, what we mean by exoplanet is... The, we consider the prefix exo meaning outside, and that refers to a planet that is outside of our own solar system. So it's a planet that's orbiting another star. Okay. Basically far away is, is, is a good yeah, way, right? very, very far away, right. Um, what do we know about them at this point, given the fact that they are so far away and it's difficult, you know, to get close-up observations, what do we know about exoplanets? Right, so we know many things. We know that they're relatively common. Uh, we can find them around most stars. And we know that they're very diverse. So there's a great diversity of uh, planets, so their size, their masses, uh, and also their atmosphere. And what we've found to date is that uh, well, basically, uh, most exoplanets are quite different from what we find in our own solar system. Um, how, like, given the fact that they're so far away, and we we haven't had a telescope like the James Webb Telescope until now, how have these observations been done? I mean, how have you been able to learn what you have learned? Right. So, basically, uh, there are many ways of detecting exoplanets. The most common ones being uh, by transit and by the radial velocity method. So the transit method is basically that we observe a star for some time. Mm -hmm. And if a planet passes in front of it, we will see a tiny dip in the the amount of light that we receive from that star. Okay. So that's uh, a method of observing an exoplanet. So that doesn't give you really, like, a detailed... There's a lot of extrapolation and interpretation there, I would guess? Uh, 
In some ways, yes, but each method has its own uh, kind of uh, way of determining what you're seeing. And so each method has its own weaknesses and forces. So the transit method is really useful to give us uh, kind of the size of the planet. And then another method, such as the radial velocity method, would be useful to obtain the masses of the exoplanets. So by combining different methods of observations, we can get good constraints on kind of the general information of an exoplanet. So how does James Webb telescope change this? Obviously, you're going to get some actual, you know, you can actually observe these in much more detail, right? Yes, exactly. So what we will get from James Webb that uh, has been difficult to get before is that, well, the telescope will give us much more precise information. So as to the, uh, it will be able to detect very tiny variations in the amount of light we receive from a certain star. Mm -hmm. And it will also be observing at over a wide range of wavelengths. And so what I mean by wavelength is basically we can divide the light uh, into a spectrum of wavelengths. So we know, for example, UV, which is uh, what uh, causes sunburns. There's also the visible light, which is the light that the human eye is able to observe. And then there's the infrared, which is a light that we can see, but is what we feel as heat in our case. So James Webb will be observing in the infrared, which is very useful to detect uh, molecules such as carbon monoxide, water, uh, CO2 as well. And this this will give us a lot of information about the composition of the atmospheres of exoplanets. And, I mean, you sort of hinted at it there, but... The question I always ask, and a lot of people always ask, is, so what? Why are we doing all this space stuff? What do we learn and what do we benefit from? I mean, just in, aside from the, the great, you know, uh, accumulation of knowledge, what, what possibly can we learn from this? Right, of course. So at the fundamental level, what we're trying to answer is basically two major, two major questions. Uh, the first one being, are there, is there life outside our own solar system? Or right. is there life uh, elsewhere in the universe? And then the second one would be, so how did we get here? Meaning that we also want to understand how our own solar system formed. Uh, and yeah, we can also learn more about the general diversity of planets and also atmospheres. But of course, this might not feel very tangible for someone who's not really interested in these questions in, uh, specifically. Yeah. But that's something that's great about astronomy as well, is that while we develop different kind of technologies to answer these types of questions, uh, these same technologies can also be used for kind of day-to-day things on Earth, uh, on Earth as well. So things such as uh, solar, solar cells for uh, energy, uh, CCDs, which is what we use in our phone cameras, mm-hmm. and a lot of more applied technologies, which all came from the development of space exploration and astronomy. 
So huge discoveries and answers to some key questions. Uh, Louis-Philippe, thanks so much for your time this morning. I appreciate you joining us. Thank you. Have a good day. You too. That is Louis-Philippe Coulomb, who is a PhD student at the University of Montreal, telling us about his work with exoplanets.